Well, so it's been, uh, I don't know if you fast-forwarded to July. It's been about a year since we uh, we talked. Does that sound right? Did I get my dates right? I think it was in July of last year. That is correct. Yeah. It has been a, a full year fast-forwarding. Well, now now it's going to be it's going to be fun going over what's happened since then. Maybe, you know, if you're living the kind of lifestyle that I aspire to, nothing has happened. It's just been smooth sailing. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but we'll find out. So why, why don't you introduce yourself uh, first? Sure. I'm Brian Gregory. I'm with Express Scripts, and I'm the director of cloud services, uh, basically overseeing uh, the cloud platform team and, and cloud uh, engineering. And and let me tell tell me uh, I was I was trying to uh, uh, suck back up what we talked about last word not word for word but just to make sure you know I had a good baseline here tell me tell me where I'm wrong like I think a year ago y'all had basically you were you were I don't know let's say maybe some low double digit percentage of on the way over to fixing how how uh, how y'all do your IT and I don't know your custom written software and and you'd come from like a, a database background and started provide I think one of the earliest successes you had was like providing a database as a service thing and then you were just kind of looking to uh, expand out into doing doing other apps and things and I think um uh, I mean, I'll go over. It'd be interesting to check some of the assumptions that you had then. But and then and then, uh, well, first of all, is that accurate? Does that uh, seem like where you remember being? Yes. Yeah, so at Express Scripts, I started within the database organization, uh, just shy of a hundred, hundred people on that team uh, for all databases, everything data you can imagine. But prior to that, I had spent sixteen years uh, in the cloud, cloud space, if you will, cloud hosting provider with Bridge, Savvis, and then eventually CenturyLink. They were all acquired by one another um so i did have that background but yes when i came here it was specifically in the data space and then uh so the first one of the first targets we went after that you're talking about was the um we have what we call a outcomes conference and that was they wanted a, a content management solution to do a uh, digital benefit guide and so that was like our first uh first thing we were going to hang our hat on because it had a date it had a target and it had a lot of visibility and so we wanted to go after that one to be to be our first success story or failure uh <laughs> yeah now i'm kind of remembering that you're you know i come across this every now and then where there is a uh, you know you got to have some kind of date to nail your stuff right. to and and often there's sort of like the uh the internal uh jamboree and uh that's that's a fun thing to target towards yeah yeah well at that time it was needed because we had and i'm sure you recall if you listen to the last one or i think we talked about it was that you know, when we first stood up this awesome enterprise hybrid cloud and got uh, Pivot Cloud Foundry installed, you know, we were like, all right, we're open for business. And there wasn't this uh, line of developers going, get me some of that DevOps and uh, give, give me that platform. It was more like, uh, how are we going to get other people involved so that they understand what we're offering and how they can consume it and, what, you know, why it might matter to them? Yeah, I, I I mean, so without overwhelming you, we'll pull it apart. We'll go. We'll narrow down. But like, what? Uh, I mean, what? What have you guys been up to since? Like, what's been the, like the the momentum is sort of tracked by I don't know, like projects or apps or things you've done. Like, like, what's your sense of how things have worked or or uh, I mean, not worked out is always fascinating. But uh, how how would you describe where y'all are now? Um, you know, so it's interesting because what I thought I knew, and you know, we all go through that, which you think you know at the time a gen general direction of where we're we're gonna head and what you think you might need. And um, 
you know, you're usually, you're right on a lot of them, but then you have no idea maybe what's in store. So we ultimately, we created this wave, which was great because the business demand, you know, started coming. Um, and then you have to figure out everything else. And I use this analogy of it's kind of like you got to grab onto something that's going to break the dam. And then you, you have to look at the rest of your processes. So I think we've done, when I look back, it's, 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 I'm not going to sit here and kid you that it hasn't been a, uh, uh, very, it's like a bloodbath some days, right? You're, you're trying to, <laughs> sure. I'm going to use the, the real terms, right? It's, it's, it's tough. It, it's, it's definitely hard, especially when you, in our case, you have a hundred billion dollar organization that you're trying to, um, come in with something different and they have to, they have to run that operation, you know, that side and you can't come in and just be very disruptive and just mess up everything they're doing. But you're also saying we're going to define a new way that how we're going to operate and do things to be um, to take advantage of all of the things that we that we put in place. Right. Uh, release management, things like that. You have to figure those things out. A year ago, it was tough to have that conversation. A year ago, it was tough to have conversations with security um, for governance, for, for you name it. Uh, and I would say we've done an amazing job as a company because our leadership has has come in. You know, it was one thing to say a year ago, I told you, uh, I'm sure it was that we have executive sponsorship. And I thought I knew what that meant, right? That that was like, yes, we're going to do this. And yes, we're going to be successful. And whenever you need a big hammer, go get the right person. Uh, but they've gone kind of above and beyond what they thought I thought they would do. And what I mean by that is like figuring out the funding model. You know, a year ago, I had people putting time in the system and having to figure out projects to put time against and things like that. Today, it's a stable funded team. I don't, I don't, ha I don't have time ministry, right? And that, that stuff's not possible unless you have executive leadership and sponsorship that like sees the value and understands that this is a different ball game. Yeah, you know, you know that's that's an interesting. Uh, well, there's many topics there to dive into, but to go to go, uh, what do they call that? Last in, last out. L yeah, Lilo snitch or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah. anyhow. Uh, uh, like that, it, there's this is this is an interesting thing that comes up a lot. Is um, one of the many things that like leadership, and we'll just say leadership is sort of like the uh, the senior executives who can change things, <laughs> or or yeah. who are kind of like up up there. Um, in going through like a process of of I don't know improving how you do software or whatever, you seem to discover all these old rules that were like made total sense and maybe were even intuitive at the time. <laughs> And then you realize that, like, oh, we made it really hard to change these rules, and now they're not very helpful. Which, which I, I you know, to, to to point out the nuance in that, right? It's not that they were uh, dumb or stupid or not useful. It's like they were great at one point, but like right. everyone's kind of forgotten that we have these old, old, uh, old ways of doing things. And I mean, this that is one of the things that I think I see company people organizations floundering with is if. And then there's this other thing that's really weird is like, it's like they can just change them. <laughs> like, like right. on, on the one hand, these things seem like impossible and like uh, immovable and everything like from a staff or even a line manager level. But then you get up to the, the leadership and they're like, oh, yeah, let's stop doing that. And it's it's just like this weird dichotomy of like unchangeableness and then how easy it could be to just at least make the decision to change stuff and then make it all happen. Yeah, and it's it's funny you said that because our our just to show you the support, our CIO at our last town hall, which was last week, literally got up there and said, "Well, we stopped tracking 
in time for 800 employees and uh and no one died like we're okay like it, <laughs> right <laughs> we're, we're all gonna be all right so like that's the kind of stuff where you know again a year ago those conversations weren't even happening so it's it's amazing because you can't get past nothing really works right the old the old way was uh 50 processes we could deep dive on right whether it's compliance how you thought you had to do compliance when all of a sudden you're saying well wait we can do this differently and do it in an automated fashion or whether it's go find funding um, and then by the way find an infrastructure pm before you can even talk to me you know those kind of conversations are gone uh we have to do the, the things that are you know compliance and regulations and things like that it's just that they allow us to solve for them in a different way and kind of rewrite the book to make make sense in the new the new world that we live in so i i was uh what is it this is a monday last week i was talking with a um uh this a cio and his team at a, at a large energy company um and it was, it was like a you know a power company and it was interesting to see uh, him kind of walk through why he and his company was thinking differently about it. And just to pick out two things. I mean, there was all the usual stuff of like, gee whiz, computers are awesome and, you know, we should do more with them. I mean, and I don't mean to say it in that way to demean it. It is like, you know, you can always do a lot more with software nowadays. Um, and But he was saying in his industry um, the the cost of like solar energy had just like dramatically declined. Uh, the cost to like put in panels and stuff, meaning that it was like a viable thing that you could introduce right. into the grid. Um, and then, yeah. and then he had an interesting comment about like batteries or it's not that batteries uh, are cheaper, but they're technologically leaps and bounds. Like it's starting to be the case where they would be usable once their price drops as well. And then they, yeah. the, and then these two things along with other stuff was causing the idea uh, finally that it was becoming a reality of what, are the, what would they call it? The two way electron I learned a bunch of mm -hmm. uh, power companies speak when, when I was there, but <laughs> j just the idea that like individual consumers, households, and let's say businesses could be feeding electricity back into the grid um, instead of just the big factories. And then this is a big layup to a question, but like then if, if you think about it, like that's a, that's a really difficult computationally intensive analytics problem of figuring out. So if all of your customers are feeding into the grid how do you pay them or not make them pay for the electricity you're providing? And then do, how do you do the capacity management of that? It's just like, like power management's a really weird system uh, to monitor. Right. So, so you, you're just, his whole point was sort of like, there's all this craziness starting to happen right now of how we have to redo our business and redo things. And I can tell that it's going to be, um, you know, we're going to need to fix how we do it. So, that was a large part of what his motivation was about getting to that point where he could just be like, yeah, we're just not going to bill hourly anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, and, right. and so I'm curious, like, like, like in, in, in y'all, in y'all setup in y'all's organization or whatever, like what, what are those, what are those, uh, I hesitate to use the word burning platforms, but let's call it fecund grounds that like <laughs> makes, makes like, you know, leadership and, and even beyond the CAO start to, uh, make it possible for you to change these things that were impossible previously? Yeah. I, so I think, um, so it's really interesting because while we have a major focus, right, on our on our reliability. So obviously what we do as a business is, is critical. We, you know, 85 million patients, 3,000 clients. So we, we can't, we can't take the eye off the prize, right? You can't be like, oh, I'm going to focus on this new stuff and then let something happen, um, to the critical. Yeah. Business and, and, and I, I mean, just, that that. just to interrupt, I mean, yeah. it, it was similar to the, the, I mean, I think this is a, 
not maybe all of them, but it's it's a uh, uh, the nature of all these large organizations. I mean, especially power, right? Like it's sort of right. Like, we still need to make the light bulbs go on. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. The old analogy, right? The, right, right. Which, which I guess, which, which I guess is usually a negative phrase, but in the case of the power company, is core to their mission: just keeping the lights on. <laughs> it's a much different statement coming from a power company, for sure. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's really interesting what, what I found and just from the industry, not just mine, from every industry that, that you see is, is clearly that, you know, user interactive, uh, feedback loop, that whole thing, like customers, if you think about it, let's, let's go back five years ago, maybe 10. Um, when you think about like prescriptions and you think about how that might work and what might be sufficient for, for your needs, um, cause Maybe you don't have a need for, you know, these uh, these different groups where we have these specialty teams and stuff that can interact with you. You don't need that. You just get prescriptions and you, you know, go get them filled. It's different when you start looking at things today because people want data. And whatever business or whatever you're dealing with or whoever you're dealing with, you want data. You want to make sure that you have enough data to make decisions and the right decisions. You want to know more than you used to want to know. You used to just kind of almost trust things, mm. whether it was in, again, whether it was in pharmaceuticals or not, like anything in my life, I was just okay with. Now I want to know everything. So if you think about building things out that say, all right, well, maybe a consumer today wants to know, not just my prescriptions ready to be refilled, but I want to know, is there lower cost options? Like even, even competition, like if you say, okay, well, there's 10 stores locally, Let's say you're another company, not mine, and there's another business, and there's 10 stores locally that all carry the same product, whatever it might be. And you want to know, like, do they have cheaper costs? How does my cost compare? Like, how is it personalized to me? You know, and then, like, I obviously want to track things. I want to track the order. I want to track, you know, maybe you don't. Amazon, you kind of get to the point where you don't really need emails or you need to see where your things are. You just trust that they'll be there and you know that they will. But you know, then you start looking at it and saying, you know, like, well, what else can we do? Like if you empower, in our case, the patient and you give them their healthcare information and they can track prescriptions, compare pricing, they can order home delivery and see that, oh, if they do a 90 day prescription home delivery, that it's a lot cheaper. Uh, you know, those kind of things matter. And we start looking at tools like I was talking to uh, our chief innovation officer and we were talking about some really cool stuff they're doing there. But one of the things I thought was really neat, a simple thing was. Uh, like if you were, you know, a diabetic and you forgot to take your pill, like sending a text alert to say, Hey, Gote, you forgot to take your pill today. Right. And after you just forget to take it for a couple of days, like that's obviously a bad thing. So just a little text to say, you know, it's not, not like you're, uh, they're going to call your health provider and let them know that you're being bad and you know, you're not adhering to the program, but to let you know, you know, cause I know that, I get alerts all the times for things like my garage doors open. I would like to know <laughs> if I actually forgot if I actually forgot to take my medication, um, or even when you start thinking about like, well, what if what if uh, you're testing your you know your your blood levels and you're going all right, well, I test you know my my sugars, and it starts to see a trend in the data to where it says, hey, like this this is bad, right? This is going like you need to make an appointment with your doctor or something, and start to dial those things in to where they can actually matter to you as a as a patient um i think that's awesome to me when i start thinking about that kind of data and what we could do to help people in that case yeah and that's 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 really interesting i mean i think uh 
I, I think I think after about like forty years of life, I guess it was before my birthday. So after thirty nine years of life, I finally have like a daily prescription. So achievement yeah. unlock there, and it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you know, I I I more or less. Uh, well, I should say like I think my SLA on taking it is like you know five nines or whatever. Every now and then, uh, this has only been a few times. So I mean, th- this is a very simple example of what you're saying that we can build up to be a more complex um, thing that drives uh like like change in in over there at express scripts but like i was just looking for some app that would just remind me to like take the pill every day and so and then yeah. also i could like log it and uh, i mean long story short uh i probably should just use ios reminders cuz that's easiest but like i found all these apps <laughs> and they were all like varying degrees of like sleazy like one of them one of them was actually pretty good but like you had to like subscribe to their service to get anything any interesting options and like i only have the one pill like i don't really need to like subscribe to a thing and so and and then also i mean right. it, it it gets we also um by virtue of so that's one example it just seems like just like with your text messaging thing i mean uh you know we 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 use uh we use uh cvs caremark but like that would be cool to have them just like text me every day and be like, did you take your pill? Yes, no. And then I could just say yes or right. no. And otherwise it would tell me. Um, I mean, that would be super simple. Or, you know, God forbid, I could just get like a notification on my iPhone. <laughs> right. Well, in our case, it's like, what if you had a RFID tag on, on you know, the, the cap so it knew when you took it off? Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually took it. So it didn't even bother you if you didn't take it. No, you know, no. And that... That would be more awesome. Like I have, yeah. I, I have one of those withing scales, and uh, we changed around our internet, so it was like off the internet, off the Wi-Fi for a while. And uh-huh. uh, just this past weekend, I put the new password back in, and I and and it's a very simple exa- example, but it's a reminder of like, I don't know what I guess Internet of Things stuff can mean for people, which is is just making our life easier and more efficient, right? Like instead of having to right. manually record my weight, it just like does it. <laughs> yeah, I I just bought a scale as well. Did you that does that same thing? And I'm like, I love it and I hate it, right? Because I love the data and I'm a data yeah. junkie. But it's like, I now I'm like not eating certain foods because I'm like, well, I don't want to go on that scale and have it tell me that I've gone up. I don't yeah. want to see that graph on direction. Yeah, no, and 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 I mean to 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 maybe finish out the the blue sky solutioneering and get back to some more uh, nuts and bolts stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the other thing that like excites me that you you alluded to just then and when you're going over. Um, I don't know, pulls to be more innovative in, in, uh, in your industry is like, um, there, there's like this, there's like this big gap between, I don't know what to call it, but like digitizing your personal health information. Uh, So there's a gap between like things that do it really well. There's like this small Island of stuff that works really well. And then there's like the mainland of just like analogness. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, And so like, like as an example, like I think if you're like tracking your steps and your weight, uh, you're pretty much covered. Like everything will more or less sync up. And it's still oddly enough. I, I don't. I, maybe there's some doctors who do this, but I still think it's really weird. I don't know who does like clinician stuff, but like it feels like uh, when I go into like my regional sized clinic. I mean, they've got like five, eight locations. Like uh-huh. I should be able to download their app and like authorize them just like I would authorize with, with my health app on iOS. And they would just like get all my information. 
<laughs> and then, yeah. and then, like, and then, you know, they would have to trust that information, but whatever. And because, like, you know, I always have to go like weigh myself when I go there, and like, wouldn't it be better to have like my statistically accurate like weight for the past year? And like all right. this other stuff. And then and then the history of like when I took the cap off the prescription, like all this stuff. And like it's just it's just annoying that that stuff isn't there. And then finally, it seems like uh, I mean, not to get all like political about like U.S. healthcare or whatever, but it seems like and, and, and it sounds like y'all are like helping out with this. But there's 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 first the need for like bottoms up optimization of like mm-hmm. we've got all these different systems and I don't know maybe we should integrate our data together. <laughs> like, right. let's, let's see how that optimizes things. But it, I mean, it, it does, it does seem like, I mean, y'all are a pretty big chunk of, of that industry, you know, of, of the, what would you call it? The, the processes in that industry, right? Like medicine and then primary care work. And then I guess there's surgery and like other things, but like each of those things needs to be optimized to work with the others. And it seems like computers are like the only way to, to summarize yeah. my solutioneering. Yeah, and you mentioned one thing that I wanted to touch on was that we did this partnership with uh, Mango Health. It's it sounds like exciting. I can't wait for it to actually get launched. But it's basically games, right? For well, I wouldn't call it games, but you can get rewards and incentives. So when you talk about like tracking things, you know, and it's got like daily health and medication tracking and uh, caregiver support, and then paired with our stuff and predictive health data. And so I can't wait to see. again. I'm a data junkie. Like I it's gotten to the point where I, I almost can't stand it. Cause, um, I got to share this story with you real quick. I decided I was going to automate everything in my home, right? Doors, whatever. I don't know. My garage door opener, you name it. Um, locks. And so I have them set up to send me these alerts. Like anytime somebody opens the door, anytime somebody closes it, whatever. And I quickly found like there's an overloader data. Like I don't actually care that much, but yeah, exactly. I, I, I do want to dial that down and say, you know what? I do want to care when my garage door has been open for 30 minutes and it's between, I don't know, 9 PM and 7 AM or something like that. Cause that should never be the case. But I kind of feel that same way. Like I would love for anyone, right. Whether it's us or other, like I give me a, all the data and let me decide what's too much or what's the right amount. And then let me make some educated decisions on what I think that is. And I, I feel like we're really doing that well as a company and then driving, you know, helping to drive adherence and things. So it's uh it's pretty exciting to see to see that going on and me be behind the you know the platform side and giving enabling them to uh, to do these things. Yeah. So so on that note, keying off the the platform side. So so like uh, I've I've I wanted to follow up on several things we've talked about like last year and then ongoing and and so here here here's the first one. So uh, with with your almost year of learnings. So we talked about this a little bit last time, but like. What are some like, what are some like, uh, I don't know, whether you want to go over the fireside heartburn stories, like get a load of this mess yeah. <laughs> or, 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 you know, equally helpfully therapy is always, you know, shared misery is always a good therapy, but like, but like, uh, equally helpful is like tactics for dealing with this stuff. So for example, uh, like we talked a lot, I think you even mentioned COBOL last time, but sort of like figuring yeah. out what to do with legacy, like, and, and, um, you know, the, 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 to be brief as possible, the common thing that comes up, like when I was talking with that company last week or, or whenever is like every th- way that we run previous to you coming in here and talking to us is now legacy <laughs> sort of, right. I mean, I mean, I'm exaggerating a bit and yeah. like, we need to work with that stuff. That's what runs the business and we would love it if it was better, 
But at the very least, we need two things. One, how do we integrate with that stuff when we do our new Greenfield applications? And two, how do we at least make it so that keep using the phrase in the bad way, keeping the lights on of legacy doesn't impede our ability to do anything. So, I mean, that's kind of like the general framing, but like, what are, what's been your experience with uh, working with or dealing with or having fun with legacy services and systems over the past year or so? Yeah. So when we, when we first started and we talked the last time it was, we were trying to go after everything legacy, right? It was, what can we move over to this new platform? Cause you didn't just come in day one and have all these net new projects um, that started to change a little bit and we got, uh, I don't know, it wasn't too long. We had a wave of all new net new projects because the demand again, coming in from all sides of the business, um, is, is new, right? They're wanting to deliver new capabilities. So that was easy. That's like, well, great. We got this new platform, which is perfect for you because you want quick turnaround. You want life to be perfect. Um, the hard stuff is the legacy side, um, and it's not hard – once you get past the everyone's on board, everybody's riding the same bus together and everybody believes in whatever your vision is as an organization. And again, it could be – it could vary depending on your business and what your goals are. Once you define and you and you all settle on that, it, it gets tough because then you actually are like, all right, I want to move this. And then you start to figure out, well, how hard is that to pick that legacy application up and move that? It You start to kind of over – analyze certain things you maybe start thinking well gosh this thing just moving it like it is it's not even done right but you don't look at like well if i move it like it is i get 80 percent of the value right so if it's today on name name pick your poison let's just say it runs on something that could be migrated to spring and it would cost you know from an overall scoping it would cost maybe a tenth of what you're paying today that clearly seems like a no no brainer but when you start talking about, well, that service is actually written poorly, um, it doesn't work the way we would like to you know, make it work, and then you start going, I don't want to move one-to-one for something that you don't believe in is the right thing, and you got to be careful not to, not to do that because if you just move it as it is, you're still getting like 80% of the, the lift and shift, you know, the, the value in that. And then you can kind of go back when time permits. It's almost like anything, right? It's like uh, – it's like if you're moving houses, if you wait until you're perfectly packed and organized and ready to go, you probably would never move. You kind of probably have to throw things there, move over to the new place, and then kind of go through and unpack. And uh, I, I think that's kind of yeah. been a, the approach on some things that we've done. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, it, I mean, I mean, this is this is uh, uh, another constant theme is uh, avoiding analysis paralysis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? and, and and I and I guess I don't know a rhymey word, that, a phrase that goes with it, but but you're also pointing out a. Um, I mean, there, uh, there's there's the old paving the cow paths thing, right? Where, right. Where, and and it's tricky to to figure out the nuance of like refactor versus rewrite or whatever. Right. And and there are I am noticing like a growing number of occurrences where, um, I don't know if I would even say often. Maybe I would say something like the following: sometimes. Mm-hmm you should consider just rewriting the thing <laughs> like, Agreed. like all over, like, like rewriting it from nothing, right? Like just throw out yeah. everything and bring in like a business analyst or whoever it is and just start from scratch. And, you know, yeah. obviously if you're, if you're moving an existing thing, like you're not going to be able to start from scratch in, in a good way because you'll know what's needed and what needs to happen. But, 
there's often a lot of old crufty stuff that's no mm-hmm. longer applicable or even more wickedly like this is when things are more wicked is thing the services or chunks of code or whatever can actually be used but if you did the business case on them they're no longer valuable anymore right and so yeah. you have to not only like get rid of the the code but also go back to the business and be like this is actually not profitable <laughs> right yeah, like this is bad <laughs> <laughs> like we should not be doing things this way and so yeah. so we don't want to bring that over to the new way of doing stuff and i think um I don't know. I don't think I don't think there's anything that can be written about that except that like you just got to get in there and figure it out situationally, right? Like there's yeah, no... it's it's funny because you know I've had um, I've had le- some leaders like that just think there's a well you can't set up just like a portal that says yes or no and determines like what goes cloud native and or, you know <laughs> right. and just send like, out a survey monkey yeah, right? It's like that that's just not how it works. I, I you can't you have to have a conversation. Um, about most everything, just to figure out what does make sense. And, you know, one of the easy ones for me is that, especially when it has, you know, reliability behind it, right? If it's some critical thing for our consumers and, you know, all it takes is if you have one hiccup or an outage and you start looking at, you know, well, over here, you know, you have self-healing, you have auto-scaling, you have some of these, you know, native capabilities. And that starts making that an easy conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and get you around. But, you know, really, I mean, I, it's been, it's been a mix of everything. If I, if you asked me a year ago, I don't know what I would have told you as far as like, what do I expect in a year? Like who would be, you know, we've got over a thousand apps, um, now running on the platform and they mm. really are a very big mix of new, you know, legacy migrated, uh, apps that are completely rewritten. Um, actually last Friday was a pretty big milestone, uh, we had five applications going to prod at the exact same time in the middle of the day, you know, and oh, yeah. That, yeah, that may not be a big deal to some people or some companies, you know, but it's to have one in the middle of the day to have five different teams, completely separate teams have nothing to do with one another, all pushing their applications at the same exact time at noon uh, on a Friday and be successful, by the way, uh, is, is a big win when I, when I think of where we were a year ago and what that process was like just to get, you know, to ship code. Yeah. Um, out there. Yeah. I, so, I, I forget, I forget which, uh, which organization like, like said this, but it, I don't know, some consumer organization, but it was sort of like, uh, uh, when, once you get to the state where, where you're deploying during business hours, then you've reached a major, major milestone. <laughs> cause, yeah. cause, and, and to, to the last subtle point that you said, and it's successful. That's key, right? <laughs> but right. or or I guess Seamless. I guess another another milestone would be like if it's not successful, you can easily roll it back, and it's not a big deal. Like that's that's the next challenge. Yeah, but but um, yeah, we actually, we had that call out. We had one of those last week too, and and um, you know my leader called out the fact that hey, we this failed, but kudos to the team for being able to to roll back out of that and uh, nobody be impacted. That was. You know, so those those are even celebrated, which is pretty, uh, pretty amazing. So so then then like going into a little adjacent part of the uh, the stack, if you will, into the uh, the people stuff, the meatware. Another thing another thing I wanted to like uh, follow up on is uh, when you and Matt Curry were talking last time, we you kind of you and Matt kind of agreed on this theory that when you're starting off or you're doing projects, you want to find these uh, 
what did you call since, since this is my own podcast, we can cuss a little bit, but you know, you'd have your getting <laughs> shit done cowboys, right? Right. Yeah. And, yeah, and you would know. try to find these, uh, as the polite people say, these mavericks who, uh, yeah. who want to work on new things and deploy during the day. And then the implied thing was that eventually things stable out and you, I don't know, I don't know what to say charitable, but you find these normal stable people who like, right. who don't like, like to run with scissors, which is yeah. pretty good for business. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, so in, in your experience over the past year, like how has that uh, sort of staffing and timing uh, theory panned out? Like, are you still deploying that or have you come to a new way of figuring out how to select staff and build up teams? That, well, I, my team, I still even reference that even like, like three weeks ago. So I still call us the GSD team. And it's usually in a statement of like, yeah, well, unfortunately, we're the GSD team, so we can't wait or we can't whatever. We can't go down that road um, because we do have to get shit done. You know, it's like that's that's what we do and we have to do. Uh, but I still I think things have changed in my head. Things have actually changed a bit, which I never saw this coming. You know, I used to have this belief that we would we would fine tune things. We would we would create playbooks run books, whatever you call them in your, you know, your organization, but we would create these and then we would hand them off to some operations team. And I think what I've learned, um, and I had this conversation with Tony from, from Home Depot, but, but basically what I've learned is that one, if you can playbook it, you could probably automate it. Mm. Uh, that, that, that's, that becomes more true, right? So if you can write a playbook, then I challenge my team to say, well, then why can't you, why couldn't you automate that, right? If you have something that says, hey, if this happened, then do the following. Well, why wouldn't you automate that? And then, you know, whatever the result is, have somebody get engaged. So that's changed a little bit to where I I don't – I'm not building something to hand off to some random apps team or, you know, ops team that will support things. Like we are truly the whole DevOps team, if you will. Unfortunately, it means people are on call, but it also means that we're taking care of things much better and – you know, focused on what we need to be doing in our space to to provide provide you know a stable environment. But there is this other you know. Then you figure out the stable you know. Then there's teams that are 24 by 7 staff, right? I'm not, so they they obviously will have things to look at. And right now we've created dashboards. So a year ago we didn't have. Uh, actually, that's a good thing I should tell you about. So one of the coolest things we did when we talk about real life, like iterating and use these terms like well we iterated we figure this out like this is a real life scenario we we got logging we got logs coming from all the foundations and all the apps and obviously that's a bazillion tons of logs coming in but then you start to say well what do we want to do with those logs so that you know the team i challenge the team i have a team of uh, 11 after next week we have we're adding one and uh you know i challenge them to say hey here's a small group of this you know, the, the team and say, go figure out what do we want to do? What do you want to get alerted on? And how do you want to get alerted? And of course, then it, they figured that out and I got emails. And then next week we had a problem and, you know, you knew exactly what they'd say was, well, we don't monitor emails. It's like, all right, well, then how do we want to get these alerts? Um, you know, how do you want them? How do you want to do that? So they figured out a plan. So it's like, well, now they got an on-call rotation. Now they've got actually a solution in place that can do some automation to handle these set alerts that they figured out for. But yeah, that all happened like in a month. So we went from having just a ton of logs to all of a sudden like now we got them fine-tuned to what are we actually going to trigger on and alert on? And then how do we want to respond in these situations? And, you know, how do we want – do we want a ticket to get open and sent to whom? And so that that's actually pretty cool. And I know that's not not answering your question about the get shit done team versus the, the normals or the the – 
uh, more self-controlled process oriented uh, people, but that at least puts it into a place. So you take the get you done team and then all of a sudden they came up with a very fine tuned method, right? So they've kind of converted into this, not being cowboys, but also saying, all right, we also know that we have to do the following and make sure that we, you know, shore up all our, all our own stuff so that we don't have outages. We, you know, cause they're the ones that are going to get called or the ones that are going to get, you know, we're all going to get pulled into that. So it's, it's really cool to see how that, processes evolved and then it's even cooler to see how the ops team that's 24 by 7 so you know they they're monitoring dashboards and how we create all these dashboards that they'll now be able to monitor and and hopefully know exactly what to do we're, we're working on the training for that now but you know that way they're watching the stuff when we're not here and then they know what to do when when things trigger or uh you know, the dashboards are showing red, then, you know, there's a problem and what they need to, need to do to rectify it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I mean that that what you're going over there gets to a uh, gets to something we've talked about a few times here, which is, I don't know, to try to make a trite phrase out of it. Right. You you want to focus on automating the computers and not the people's heads, essentially. Yeah. And yeah. And I think now, now there's another thing that is. I think in discussing nowadays, whatever, change management and digital transformation and all this, like, let's finally use computers to their full potential, like we were all visionscaping in the future, is, yeah. uh, is, is like, you, you, there's this problem of discussing, like, well, we've got all these existing legacy people, right? And they operate this one way. And we sort of just want to give up on them <laughs> and, find, <laughs> and find the people that are easier to change and are willing to change doing something, which, you know, ultimately is not only not really viable from a business sense, because like you got to use what you have. And, and there's there's uh, even if you could find all like if you could fire all those people and rehire uh, new people just like going through the process of finding the, those people, hiring them, you know, getting them, fi them figuring out where the toilets are and getting their logins and everything, like, yeah. would take a long time, like, for yeah. the thousands of people you would need. So, like, you can't just switch it over like that. So, um, you know, it's it's that I don't and I don't think anyone's figured this out yet, which is why I'm always asking about it. But we're constantly trying to figure out how do we change the bulk of those existing people and get them to do things in a new way. And so then that gets back to the little trite phrase I was starting with is it seems like one thing to do is like you were saying, if, if you can put it in a run book and a run book is more or less a pretty manual human driven thing. That's the idea of a run book. But right. nowadays the technology is such, this is probably like 40 to 50% true. Like who knows, who knows how true it is. That's the, why it's so fuzzy, but like, you could automate yeah. most of that. So if we automate all those things that all of the, and I'm just using this phrase, all the normals are spending their time doing, then in theory they have free time to like not be automated, right? Like they, they can spend yeah. time going through like what you were saying is like, well, uh, you, you know, you sit in a room and you're like, why did this error state happen? Well, it's because we don't monitor the emails. Anyone yeah. got an idea of what we should do next? And you just wait and someone's like, ah, uh, it's almost like a Monty Python bit, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. monitor the emails. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Funny you say that because I, I literally had the, I had that meeting with the team. I'm like, I want five whys on everything, right? You got to ask why five times before you like, so ask yourself, right? Like, well, why did this happen? You know, well, 
why this? Why that? If you keep asking why, you're eventually going to answer your own question, right? So it's yeah. like, well, how how can we do that? But to, so to answer two of your questions there, the first one is it's funny. When we first started out, we had this uh, – we started doing cloud-native workshops, and we had Pivotal Resources there. That was great. Um, but what would happen is you'd have 50 people in a room, and you might have, I don't know, five of those people actually come back to you afterwards and be like, hey, this is the coolest thing ever. I want to take off and fly. Um and then, you know, those guys, they would just ask questions. Those guys and girls would just say, well, can I do this? And, you know, once they ask five or six times, you're like, you can do whatever you want, right? Like, this is what the point of a platform <laughs> is that you can yeah. try things. Um, then they just they just flew. And then you start to get to the middle and you start to go, hey, you know, in a year in, I will tell you, there is a frozen middle where it's like they're not bad people. They just have been doing different types of development. Maybe they haven't been exposed to this stuff and don't really – I mean, we got a lot of critical – staff working on COBOL development. We've got a lot of mainframe adjudication work that happens. And, you know, it's like, well, how do you get them involved? And to answer that, you know, just last week I was in uh, New York, literally having a two-day workshop with walking people through, like, my, what is it like to move, you know, push a, your first spring boot app? Um, so, it, you know, then there's that conversation. And then the very next day we're actually designing, a, helping somebody design a brand new you know, front end for their, um, their reporting application. And, you know, that's a much higher level conversation. So I, I guess you still have to cater to all, all of the people. Uh, we did, I don't know if you read, they, they kind of took one of my quotes, maybe a little out of context, or maybe they didn't give the full quote. <laughs> they, um, they, they amplified it. It's, yeah. it's sort of, it's sort of like, it's sort of like taking boring ground beef and adding yeah. a bunch of spices and breadcrumbs to it and amplifying it to a meatloaf. But, yeah. So what I had said was that we were going to hire a thousand developers or, you know, a thousand basically engineers over the next three years, but they dropped the next three years. So <laughs> I, I would, uh, but you know, in all reality, if, if we had a thousand qualified candidates show up, I, awesome. Like let's, let's hire them this year. Let's be realistic though. And know that I don't know where you are in the country, but you're not finding a thousand qualified engineers, um, yeah. you know, in, in, in six months. But to your point, um, you, you try to, you try to cater to air. I'm still pushing. I, there's people that will be in a workshop. They've been in them three times. Um, I don't, you know, it's like now I shifted to, all right, let's do the second workshop, which is actually all hands on coding. This is not education session, but this is raise your hand. If you have a problem, we're going to walk around and help you. And, you know, pivotal has been, uh, instrumental in, in assisting in those and, and working, uh, and doing some workshops. We also do them with my team, and people, it just depends on what their needs are and what they're trying to learn. But so the second question or statement you had about onboarding. So we've tried to simplify it. I have a, I, I would say that I have a team of uh, highly intelligent, very lazy people. So if you ask some, for something multiple times, they will automate it. Um, and so, you know, when you talk about someone getting onboarded in the system, they can go in. We've built a self-service portal where they can go in and uh, request access to any specific org. And if Cote is part of that org, you get the you can actually approve adding that person. So that it takes us out of the mix because mm. we don't we don't care at the end of the day. You know, it's not a platform team or any developer on my team's job to say, well, they can have access or they can't have access. Um, so we basically said, all right, well, they can request access, and then anyone in that org can now approve that access, and it's logged for security and everything else. So 
you know, there's stuff like that. There's stuff where if you, you know, you, we had a guy come to the team and want to do uh, wanted to do uh, a TCP dump because he wanted to get into the logs and do some deep level logging. And obviously that you have to have my team involved to capture at that time. And so we created self-service tool that, you know, we'd no longer have to participate. So that's happening all the time. And that's where I get excited because my team's not ticket takers. They're not doing mundane tasks. As we automate something, they focus on the next thing to automate. And so, you know, people are actually doing things that I feel are of extreme value in the organization versus I could have people just sitting there taking tickets going, all right, I approved this guy's access to an org, but you and I know, like, there's no value in that. Yeah. Um, nor does it make sense. Yeah, no, no, that, that, I, I mean, I'd be interested in your, uh, your, uh, as, as I'm, I'm overly fond of saying nowadays, all of my questions end in periods. So, you know, <laughs> as, as, as you quickly just ran with there. But, yeah, uh, yeah. But you know, I think, I think one, like, you hit on an, another, another thing we talked about, which is, we used to have the need and it was valuable to have this sort of like manual approval or governance or something for whatever reason. And, you know, I don't know if this is still the case, but I would imagine at most large organizations, you probably still want some sort of manual intervention in employee onboarding, right? Like you wouldn't want anyone just to be able to decide to be an employee. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's, at some point you have to approve, we're going to send this person money and we're going to give them building access. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe one day we won't need them. But anyways, I mean, but so there are some yeah. things that you need that, but I think there's a huge amount of things, especially in the infrastructure space where because you have controls in the, in the infrastructure and in the platform, you don't need as much manual approval for it. And, and, you know, as you were saying, like, if you want to go out and try some wacky new thing, like our job as whoever's providing this platform is to make it so that you can do that without damaging the business, right? Like right. We'll set up sandboxes for you or whatever, and then you can go out and explore and do things. And then I, I think that that's an interesting technical and also, and I'm interested in hearing your part on this, like, managerial shift right because i'm always interested in like what does what is middle management and above like what are things they actually do to convince people at, at the staff level to actually do stuff better right and so right. one of the things that, and i think i think it will be the previous episode if i remember the order like uh when i was talking with matt curry last episode about this he was saying one of the things he's he tries to do and they try to do at all state is push down the decision making further down the chain so and so when people will come to him and say like can i do this he'll say i don't know can you right like you should make that decision right like yeah. i don't and i'm sure there's things that he doesn't do it for everything and other managers but like we need to be pushing down this decision making to the to the teams as much as possible and and hearing you go over uh talking with you now like it occurs to me that um when people talk about being a software company, I think that's one of the aspects that they mean about that, which, you know, to, to flesh that out, like it's a popular meme nowadays, or, or let's call it a corporate meme to say everyone's a software company, which which I think is great. That's a good dist distillation of it. And, yeah. you know, my my snarky comeback is always like, you know, as long as I get pizza in this box, instead of a DVD of software, you call yourself whatever you want, right? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care how you think of yourself as long as, you know, as long as the lights turn on and I get pizza in the box, what, you know, and I get, I get my medication mailed to me. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think more of what people are intending to mean, and, and, and this thing that we were just going over as an example of that, is in a software company, 
individual developers, individual product managers, every individual basically, if they have a good idea, they're generally in the better software companies given the space to figure it out and see if it'll make big, uh, good business sense. And so getting instilling that kind of culture, I think, is a lot of the issue of switching over to becoming a quote unquote software company. And it both takes like putting the technological infrastructure in place that makes it possible, which is way beyond just like, you know, getting a server instantly, but having those that quarantined sandboxiness. But then also like somehow switching people's minds over to like, yeah, you should try new things and innovate. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's. It's definitely, um, yeah. My team would tell you, I'm absolutely. Uh, they're they're the brains behind everything, right? They're. I'm not saying I'm dumb by any means, but they're very intelligent. You know, I've got teams that are focused on building a self service portal and those capabilities. I got teams that are fully automating the world on the on the platform. Uh, do focus kind of on different different things. We do the traditional agile. You know, we've got a backlog that we're working out of. I would say most of the priorities come from within the team or myself that are saying this is what we need to do. You know, this is the pulse on the street. This is, I think, what we needed to deliver to deliver next. Um, but yeah, they're the ones. I do that right. So I definitely. I've always been opinionated, but um, now I just give a little bit and let them run with the ideas and try things and come up with what they think is the right you know, the right solution. And, um, you know, if I've got any input, obviously I provide that, but when you got a team of smart guys, the best thing you can do is kind of unleash them to, to be smart and do intelligent things and not control them in a way that, you know, restricts that. So that's, that's the best thing I could do. And I I will tell you that the cool thing, you know, so last year we didn't have, none of these things happened. We didn't have a self-service portal. We didn't have, you know, I've got a couple, I got a guy on the team that I literally said, I've made, I, I set this new mandate. I wanted to be within 30 days of any major release of, of that Pivotal releases. And mm-hmm. so that's Elastic Runtime. That's everything. And, um, you know, within a month, he, I would say two weeks, not even a month, he had Concourse, like, automatically pulling everything down and patching everything in Sandbox without any human intervention. Um, and when you can give someone, you know, that's an example, but if you give that to somebody on your team and they can run with it and knock that out, like now it's great. It's like, I'm a kid in the candy store. I just come out with all these crazy demands. Like I want to be patched within 30 days. And it's like, <laughs> Oh, look at that. He figured that out. You know? So then you go to the next thing. It's like, I want, uh, you know, and so it's really kind of amazing when you, when you see what people can deliver and what, what they do when they're, you know, they're given some freedom to, to do so. I, I mean, I mean to, I, I think, I think to, uh, to wrap it up, not to keep you too long, but like, it turns out individuals can do shit. <laughs> right right and and in in a in an organization like like that that wants to be more innovative and be a software company and blah 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 like i think yeah. i think that is is a huge part of management's job is like setting up the system such that individuals are able to do shit <laughs> yeah instead and I think of, that... because, because with your example right like if you had instead spun up some councils and plans for like how could we get so we can do this like it it may it might have happened, but it would have taken a long time. Whereas, like right. you kind of intuitively know that, like someone could, in a disciplined way, one person or a small team of people could figure this out, and so let's let them do that. And again, yeah. with the discipline and the safety that you have, it's not just like let some weird person go write a series of weird bash scripts to make this happen. Right. Like you want to do it in an actual healthy way. Yeah, and and to add to that, I think one you know so we work usually work in at least 
a pair, if not, you know, three people. But so when we get break out these tasks and give these different workloads to people, you know, you obviously built I've built a team that that I've built, right? So I know who's in there, I know who's capable of what, and uh, and they're all trusted, right? So if you give if you have that trust, and we are we are at the heart of this company, we are a technology company and always have been for that matter. I mean, that we're a big data driven, you know, technology company. Uh, that's what, what we do. But from what we're doing, you know, with this new stack and the new capabilities and trying to deliver faster and everything, you know, yeah, you kind of have to, you have to get rid of the old, you know, whatever name your poison, right? Your infrastructure review boards or whatever you want to call them at different companies and start to figure out how do I deliver something of value and then know that you can actually change, right? What you start out with, what we start out with for our central logging changed, and that's okay. But if you get something out that's of value, then it's much better than, you know, what. And obviously, you know this, but what you don't know, you don't what you don't know. Like you can't do that. You can't sit there and say, well, let's just take a couple months and figure out this governance committee, and then we'll figure out what's the right product yeah. or tool we're going to select. And you know, maybe that doesn't actually fit your needs. And so if you get something out the door, you can quickly find out like this has value. Let's continue with the path or let's cut ties and go a different direction. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, uh, being able to live with ignorance is very efficient. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like you can't, you can't figure out all the angles on everything. And so at some point you got to like be, have ignorance, be a, a welcome bedfellow to your sort yeah. of like uh, intellectual life. It's, right. It, otherwise, it's maddening. Well, well, that was great. Before we wrap up, do you have anything else you want to uh, you interject? You'll be at uh, CF Summit in a few weeks, right? I will. I will. The only uh, thing I wanted to share with you is that I have a question for you. So mm. I, I don't know if you heard, but I won uh, my team, you know, Express Scripts, on behalf. I got to go to receive the award for Michael, Michael Dell for Transformation Realized. Oh, yeah, and, that's right. I saw some jokes about yeah. how could you give that talk without holding a large chunk of plastic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, yeah, Ian... Uh, so they give me this huge, huge trophy to carry around. And uh, yeah. I was at, I was talking to some analyst in media and he was like, well, why don't you have that award? I thought you would just carry that everywhere. <laughs> uh, and I was like, you know, I thought about that and I'm like, well, when you've realized transformation, like, am I done at this point? Like, or, or do you continue? Cause I, the, tr- the award literally says realize transformation, realized, mm. realized tells me I'm done, but you're never done in transformation. So I'm not sure. Oh sure. Well, I think I think it's just like you're saying. If you have like, I would say if if you have like fifty or a hundred apps, you're 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 pretty you you more or less realized how to do it, and oh. especially if you have a thousand. But it's more about like how to do something, right? And I think it is. Uh, I mean, just that's the whole thing we've been talking about. Is there's. Um, I don't know. I mean, every obviously I'm there because they're struggling with stuff. But when I go talk with large organizations. It's it's like they don't really even know what to ask. Yeah, <laughs> they're just yeah. like I have no idea how to get from here to there, right? And yeah. and and I think I think the first the first sort of like journey to enlighten to realization, let's call it that, is uh, is is basically like uh, oh uh, I I need to f- ask new questions. Like I ne- I need to start figuring out new ways of doing things, and that leads to like all the stuff we were talking about, like you should automate these things and rejig your yeah. expectations. And then, and then I think, but then I think ultimately you get to the point where you're like, all right, now we've basically figured out a new way of operating, which is about like 20% certain and 80% just like 
making shit up as we go along. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, so you're not and, helping my cause, though. I, I, I literally told my wife, I'm like, I'm done, right? This is like a mic drop and I'm out. Like, I've, I've realized transformation. Like, I can quit work and go do whatever. I just maybe... Well, I think I, I think now now there there are two paths. I think I think once you get once you get a gigantic plastic award that you can go down. The well, the first path we'll call it the uh, the Gary Groover path, which is like if you've read like the Gary Groover stuff, you can you can first you switch up your job to a higher level job somewhere to like get one more little notch on your your uh, not your doorpost your bedpost, yeah, and yeah. then you switch over to a consulting life, so you can go down that that path. Or, or you can go the other path, which you're alluding to, which is like, what if I could actually just go home at like five thirty or six every day and not work on the weekends? Yeah, <laughs> and so I was thinking more like a big head from uh, Silicon Valley or something like oh, yeah, just hang yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can you can always go for that being an advisor, but that just seems so exhausting. Yeah. You would have to, yeah. like, like, can you imagine, like, like in the with the uh, with the tech roles that that you and I and other people would have as being like, okay, so what you're telling me. First of all, you 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 twenty one year olds is that your big idea <laughs> is your big idea that you want me to invest in is that I you, I'm going to be able to hold up my phone to my feet and it's going to suggest <laughs> new shoes that I should be wearing, right? Yeah, yeah. I knew where you're going. I'm like, yeah, I have a seventeen year old, and it's already like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. And 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 it's it's not so much that all of those businesses are bad, but your job as as a as a investor type as a VC type person would be to like just tolerate all the insanity and try right. to figure out which ones were actually going to be a uh, a big deal. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just that, like that would be my goal. Is just like my goal would be the middle one. Is just like yeah. Uh, I just want to uh, only work as much as I need to, and and yeah. and that's what I want to realize. Yeah, things are things are good. Uh, things are good. I just thought I'd, I'd play a little fun with the. Uh, of course. I still think it's hilarious that transformation realized because I'm like, oh, you know, like I, I think I'm done here. I think another <laughs> pro tip is that you totally have license uh, about three months before the next conference to be like, don't you need an alumni there to hand the award off? <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, I feel like part of your program of the big, the big plastic award is having all the additional people there to kind of celebrate all, right. the, all of the realization that you as a company have had in helping us, your customers realize it. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to have that. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, great. Well, thanks for, uh, for being on again. I'll, uh, all right, man. Yeah, you know, Matt, Matt Curry and I are going to, uh, we'll probably do it every three to four weeks, but we're going to try to get back on the horse of recording that. And I'll, uh, I'll send you the calendar that we have, and you can uh, tell us if you want to come back on at some point. And, and sure. Again. And uh, so, so why don't you tell people uh, where you, I think last time you are like, I haven't even created a Twitter account yet. But like now, I see yeah. you on Twitter every now and then. Where, where, where are you in the Twitter? Uh, at Mr. Brian Gregory. The, uh, the, we're thinking about changing it to at Sir. Because uh, that's what Waters <laughs> Waters thinks that I should do, but right now it's at Mister, which Perfect. you seem to get a kick out of because because uh, you think it's funny every time you see it because yeah. it, it, I it like it. No, that's yeah. good. I I, I like because I would have never have thought to put a Mister in there to like get yeah. a name, but of course it yeah. makes total I'm like, sense. I'm like you. Somebody's taking Brian Gregory. I clearly got to go with Mister. Yeah, and it's only two <laughs> extra characters. I guess that doesn't count nowadays, but like back in the old days, yeah. it's uh, it's fun. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that or LinkedIn or or whatever, but sure. people find me. Well, good. Well, as 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 uh, as now always, this has been another uh, episode of the Cote Show Variety Podcast. 
if you want to get the get the show notes for this and find all the other ones, you go to cote.show, and uh, you can subscribe there. You can search around in iTunes or Overcast or wherever. Uh, but you know, we'll uh, we'll be back with other other stuff uh, fr- from the the tech world, how people are doing, and the future large plastic award winners of of this <laughs> fine world of ours. We'll see everyone next time. Bye bye.